Hello and welcome to The View from the Ninian. I'm Scott Salter and Carl City are on the board, three points in the championship. They're up and running. It's a bit of a bumper podcast today. We're looking back at that win against Luton. Isaac Vassell obviously grabbing the winner against his former club on his Cardiff City debut. We're looking forward to Reading. We're also hearing from a Reading fan to get the opposition preview. I'm going to do a quick preview of the Huddersfield game next Wednesday as uh, there won't be a podcast before then. Um, bumper one, as I said, one or two little technical issues. So apologies about that, but should still be a good listen. And I hope you enjoy it. I'm really excited this week to be joined by Ben Price and Hoel Benny Bennett. How are you both? I'm good, cheers, dude. How are you? Not too bad, thanks. Benny, how are you doing? Yeah, spot on, mate. Really, really good, thanks. Perfect, perfect. Ben, first of all, we probably should have said this last week. We kind of mixed the podcast up a bit now. And, and each week, uh, well, I suppose last season, it was kind of me and a, a multitude of guests, depending on kind of who was available uh, at the time. But this week, you know, we're going to be joined together each week as kind of permanent hosts. And then each week we'll be joined by a different person kind of on rotation to give people a new voice in case they get bored of us. And uh, Benny is, of course, one of those lovely new voices that we've got. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of those lovely voices, like, I like to think. I... <laughs> Perfect. Well, boys, if we, we look back, first of all, uh, to Luton, obviously last weekend, it was, it was the first win of the season for, for Cardiff, a, a 2-1 win, and there's lots to, to obviously talk about. But Ben, first of all, what were your, your initial reactions to the game? Um, it was a strange one. I thought we started off the first half really well. I think Murphy could have a hat-trick in the first three minutes. Going from there, um, Luton came back into it towards the second half, but didn't really look like they were going to score at all. And then into the second half, it just sort of faded into nothing until uh, we scored. And then it just it was a rough game until Luton equalised, and we managed to sc- scrape over the line in the end. It was um, it was a mix when it wasn't our best performance, but it was three points. It was an improvement on Wigan, yeah. but um, yeah, I think there's improvement to come. And, and Benny, what about you? I mean, a lot of people on Twitter maybe reacted almost that they were they thought Cardiff didn't perform very well or maybe didn't deserve the the three points. I, I don't know about you, but I thought we were pretty pretty dominant without dominating possession, and we'll get on to that in in part two. But you know, I know Luton scored, but I didn't ever particularly fear that much that that we were going to concede. What did you think? Um, I thought, to be perfectly honest with you, they were. They took their chance. I don't know where the market was on their goal, but it was quite disappointed, to be fair. Uh, I don't know where we switched to the zonal market either. I, I don't know why that happened. Um, but I I thought they were a bit toothless going forward. I, I, I wasn't that concerned about their front line. Yeah, they passed it really well in midfield. Um, but I, I think we deserved a win overall, you know, despite the possession. But like you said, we'll go on to that in a minute. But... Um, yeah, I thought I thought we played really well. To be fair, we got it on the wings. We had Josh Murphy running at him, and yeah, I was quite happy with it. And like you said, Ben, sorry, it was a massive improvement on Wigan that, as we discussed in last week's pod, just wasn't the usual standard for for Cardiff City and, and what we'd expect to start the season. So it was really important to get these three points on the board. Yeah, I think in a way, after losing to Wigan, I think the three points is the most important bit, really. Um, the performance will come. We've looked at a new spine. Look, Dak came in after what foot less than forty-eight hours at the club. Played really well, absolutely outstanding. Flint dominated uh, both ends, to be honest, while coming in as a new player. 
players are still starting to find their feet. I think White's first half looked lost. Uh, something happened in the second half, and he came good. I thought he did really well. Second half really started to show that he's got the ability to play at this level. Um, it's just you want to be, you want to do well, especially against a promoted club. We're a relegated side. You think ah, oh, we should be dominating these, and we did early on. I think, like I said, Murphy could have a hat trick. We were set up for playing really well. I thought Glatzel, if he was a bit more. If he was a bit less self uh, selfless, possibly could have gotten a score sheet or had a couple of pops as well. I think it was it was it was an improvement. That's the most important thing. Three points and an improvement. There's not a lot you can ask. If this is the same performance in six weeks' time, then I think it's time to go on to uh, to complain and so, well, not so much complain but sort of raise questions on Twitter and ask what is happening. And and Benny, there was a lot of surprises, or for me anyway, for for the lineup going into the game. And when I kind of refreshed Twitter and saw the the lineup, there were a few surprises. And one of the big kind of debates that a lot of people had, and on on last week's podcast, you know, the three of us kind of agreed that Day deserved uh, to be given a shot, a shot in goal. But Smithies was was the one that got the nod. Overall, he didn't keep a clean sheet, but I think that was the right decision. Do you? Yeah, I do. Um, to be fair, I think. Warnock with um, obviously he made a promise to uh, Smithies that if Adresh ever got out injured that you know he'd play um, it's a bit of a kick of the teeth for Day because I don't think he did that much wrong personally I I, remember, I agree with what Ben said last week that I don't think he'd be blamed for any of the goals against Wigan but um, you know Warnock stuck to his word and played Smithies and I, I was too far to be fair I was hopeful he would play but I wasn't. I was quite surprised that he did ahead of day. To be fair, I think like, the, I'm, I'm quite pleased. Yeah, I think the thing is, you, you know, at the end of the day, Smithies is a, a very, very good, experienced Championship goalkeeper. You know, the season before we signed him, he was one of the best keepers in the league. So, in that sense, it's almost an easy decision. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, I I quite like Smithies when he's at QPR. When we signed him to go up, I, I knew he was being signed as. Etheridge's understudy, really, but um, it was just a shame he didn't play a little bit more in the Premier League. I mean, he was meant to cover the uh, the was it the uh, uh, the cup the in January, cup, yeah, yeah. But obviously, Etheridge didn't go for whatever reason. So I think that was a bit I of kicking the teeth. Smithy was fuming then. Oh, yeah, I, I got a feeling he was fuming. I think that really upset him, to be fair. But I, th- I think I remember hearing Warnock saying Smithies was good. He'd already bought Etheridge's plane ticket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And obviously, away from that call, the kind of back four picks itself, and Flint, I think, has settled now alongside Morrison. There's a few kind of scares against Wigan, and we talked about that pace, but, you know, I thought they did really well going going into that game. And, you know, Marlon Pat came in for his debut alongside Joe Rawls, and, and Ben, I, I was really impressed by him. Warnock spoke about his leadership beforehand, and, and you could tell straight away that the communication to back four, uh, Rawls next to him, Patterson and White in front of him, I thought it was brilliant. I think it's absolutely outstanding just to be at a club less than two days and to command your midfield like that is just yeah he's a touch of class we've um, we've pulled Bristol's pants down a bit there I think getting him in I think he's exactly what was missing in midfield and I think we've done really well to get him his passing he didn't get it go forward as much as probably he'd want to I think he said that in an interview he'd like to play the ball forward a bit more in that game but he just did what he had to did the dirty jobs broke up play spread it out across the sides, got it out to the wide men and just quality. There wasn't a lot I think he did wrong. Um, I, I think individually, I don't think the whole game, I don't think there was a player that did a lot wrong. 
um, it was just a bit disjointed in places and sort of not quite there. I think Patterson still is a few games away from being fully fit. Uh, White still needs time to come into his own. I think Murphy's desperate for a goal. I've seen some people say on Twitter, once he gets one goal, he'll get a few. And I think I agree with that. I think if he'd scored that first one, yeah. he'd have gone on to get a couple more on Saturday. I think um, there's just a couple of things waiting to click for players. And I think we could be on to the next big run and sort of seeing how we played against Villa the year we went up and we batted them, was it 3-0? Yeah, I think absolutely. we're not too far off that sort of level of performance if players start coming good. Um, like, um, like Patterson said, he missed, was it five months out? First game after five months, first team. Did did well, went out on the wing in the second half. There wasn't a lot he did wrong. He was just sort of lacking that sharp match sharpness that you only get from playing a few games. Yeah. Um, I was surprised to see him last the full uh, 90, to be honest. I thought he was would have been one of the ones to make way for possibly Volks. But um, yeah, Warnock, as always, you can never guess his substitution scheme. <laughs> you, can't, you can't. And, and Benny Pack, we, we talked about him and, and I, I was impressed with him on the ball. You know, 74% of his passes were completed more than any other Cardiff player. I know, we, like, like Ben said, he didn't manage to play the ball forward as much as he would have liked. But big shoes to fill uh, in, in kind of Aaron Gunnison's place but if you can bring that kind of defensive solidity and also add a bit more on the ball because Gunnison wasn't the best on the ball was he? he was good at you know clearing it and, and whacking it in behind a lot which, which, yeah. which was good but if Pat could bring that hell of a player yeah I, I agree what we said what we phoned up they were saying him on deadline day I was, I was quite pleased with that um, as Warnock said a number of times uh, he's run the show against us really um, I, I think like he said I, what was it him who said that he that it's Going to be quite an interesting uh, meeting between him and Bogle um, when he um, when he signed. So that, yeah. obviously because of the red card, but um, great. Obviously, I didn't realise how much of a unit he is. He's he's a he's a big lump in midfield. Yeah. Um, six foot two, but, I think, isn't he? Yeah, yeah six region. two. Um, and he made that lovely run. Um, it was a give and go, and he just went straight into the box. And obviously, the pass wasn't good enough for him in the end. But um, I think he's going to be a great play for us. Uh, yes, big shoes to, sh- uh, to fill with uh, Gunner. But like you say, I don't think Gunner was technically brilliant. But um, what Pack does have is the same with Gunner says the communication. He just talk and talk and talk. So I think that's going to give us a good organisation midfield. And the other two, Joe Rawls um, and also uh, who played Patterson. Patterson, Patterson yeah. yeah um, Obviously, those two will start listening to him more. But Ralsey didn't disappoint me on um, Saturday. I thought he played a solid game, to be fair. Patterson, again, like Ben said, echoing him, 90 minutes under his belt. I was very surprised with that, considering, although he's run off a little bit of weight that he's picked off, <laughs> picked up, I know this. But, um, yeah, I think, like Ben says, give it a bit of time. I think those boys will play really well in midfield together. I really do. Yeah, and Ben, you mentioned Patterson um, there, and like I said, first game in in five months, and I thought he did well. He, he won more aerial duels than than anyone else on on the pitch. And while he might have been off the pace a little bit, I think I, I wrote this in in the kind of uh, analysis on the site on Monday that he's just a better fit in that position for for Cardiff under Neil Warnock than Bobby Reid was. Ah, oh, massively. Um, he's not Bobby Reid's not going to win the flick ons. Uh, that Patterson wins, he's not going to win the. Air. He's not going to dominate in the air like Patterson does. Um, I think there's a connect. I think there could be a really good link up between him and Glatzel or him and Vassell because Vassell is pacey. You put the ball yeah. in, if if he can run onto the balls of Patterson wins, there is, 
he'll get behind a few players and cause some bothers defences. Um, yeah, like I said, I, Patterson didn't do much wrong. He was just lacking that sharpness. I've also never seen so much talk about a player's ass on Twitter in my life as we get, <laughs> came off on Saturday. And I didn't even notice it, but like, I saw a couple of pictures thinking, he's got a hell of a J-Lo's booty going on there. He's twerking it. He's been twerking in the summer. Well, it's the thing. There's a big thing, and I, it was an article. I can't remember who who wrote it, but about Eden Hazard, and and he's got a sizable uh, bum, should we say, it, and that, how that actually helps his balance in the play. So maybe it's the same for for Patterson, although maybe it's a bit of a, a bit of a battering ram for him rather than a, a balance thing. But I mean, if if he gets injured again, I think we could just sign his girlfriend. Did you see his Instagram story of her winning a ball in the air? Oh, brilliant flick on. Not brilliant. much direction to it, but she did well to take it uh, take did, it down. She did. I did tweet uh, saying that. She's won more in the year than than Ken Zahor in a Cardiff shirt, which uh, which Patterson actually likes, so maybe maybe didn't approve too much of Zahor. There's Dick Slay in there. There is. Uh, well, Robert Glatzel debut for for the German striker. You know, five million pounds. I thought he he looked like he could be a five million pound player that that did well. And you know, Ben said he, he was selfless, and if he'd been a bit more selfish, he could have grabbed grabbed a goal. What's your assessment mm. of his of his debut? Uh... I thought solid debut. He, he ran the line really well. Yeah, Ben, like like you said, a little bit less less selfless, but he should have scored that header by Hoyler. That cross by Hoyler was on the button for him, and I think head down or head to the other side of him, keeper's got no chance. That'll come if we if we're playing direct wingers like that, and they're putting in crosses as good as that, then. I, I would like to see Josh Murphy putting a few more crosses, to be fair, and just get to the byline. Um, but I think if you get on the head at the end of them, or look at Vassell, you put it again, straight on the button again, Hoyler. Uh, and I, I think that is the danger we're going to cause this season with someone like Glatzel and Vassell going up. You know, I think, I think that's going to be quite a potent uh, strike force, to be fair. I think and it's been a bit of a change in the way the team sort of set, not set up, but the way the instructions have got a bit more, not so much hoofball, but it's been a lot more of whip it into the box. And I think, yeah. and I, I'm, I know there's people writing him off, but I think if something happened to Glatzel, um, we've got a ready-made replacement in Medine if he doesn't go. I think that's yeah. how he got the goals of Bolton. The way we were playing before, where it, was not, it wasn't so much wingers whipping it in especially the way Hoyler was playing on Saturday. The balls he was putting in were sensational. I think Murphy put a couple in from set pieces that looked good and could have been attacked. I think Morrison and Flint are going to bag a few from those if those balls carry on at that standard. But um, I think there's some options there of the way the team's set up. I really do. Yeah, absolutely. And Warnock loves a winger, doesn't he? He always comes out and says how much he loves a, a pacey winger. And, you know, I, he was a winger himself, wasn't he, I think, as a, yeah, as a player? Yeah, he was, yeah. So, you know... He always likes to play with that. In the Premiership, you know, there's, there's less there's less time on the ball, isn't there? There's less... There's, you're up against quality fullbacks, so, you know, there's less chance maybe of, of our wingers beating them and be able to get a, a cross into the into the box that's effective. But at this level, you know, they can really be effective in that. We showed, showed that in the promotion season and, you know, Hoylett and Mendes Lang were great players for us. Hoylett again showed that, like I said, when he came on 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 Saturday and, and that's what he brings isn't it whereas you know Mendes Lang and, and Murphy are more pacey and direct Benny he's he, he's got that class and he, he's going to put the balls in from deep a bit more who's that now Hoylet I, uh, I love him I think he's the best most skillful player we've had in a long time um, he came on 20 minutes 
two two on the button. I, I think I tweeted on the weekend. Last time I saw someone do that was Wits in the League Cup final. He put two corners straight on Turner's head. And well, went to Philip Kiss and then went to Turner. But Hoyer can do that. And I think this season, if he gets if he gets a bit of free roll or a little bit of freedom, I think he, there's nothing stopping him having just as good a season as Wits did that year. He scored twenty five. Um, I think That's he should start. Big shouts. Hey, honestly. <laughs> You see the way he plays. I think he's class. Yeah, and I think White playing ahead of Hoylet. All right, Hoylet. He had he didn't have the summer off. I think he was giving a bit of a break. But I think Gavin White. He was a bit of a rabbit in headlights uh, on Saturday in the first. Certainly in the first half. Second half he came into a bit more. I still think he's a bit lightweight yet. Whereas Hoylet knows his division inside out, and he could put a player on his ass. Not a problem. Um, and if he gets a crossing like that, keeps playing like that and gets in the box, which he loves doing, he can have a big season this year. Absolutely. And the player, obviously, that, that benefited from that that Hoyle cross was was Isaac Vassell, who, I mean, you couldn't write it really, could you? First no. of all, obviously, rejected Luton to, to come to us and then scored the winner against them. But also, you know, we talked about in last week's podcast, actually, that the number of fans that were writing him off straight away and some of the tweets when he signed, which I think it it wasn't necessarily against him. It was more that, that they were angry about Bobby Reed's potential departure, which obviously he did leave. But then, you know, you couldn't write that and great great for him to get that goal. I was buzzing for him. Absolutely buzzing. It was the if I could have picked any player on the pitch to score that day, it was him. When he uh, out of all the players was on the pitch at that time, I just thought he earned it. He worked hard. He celebrated. He did the Ayatollah. An unprompted Ayatollah. That's you know exactly. that's what we love. I was the last one to do that. Um, Kenny Miller at West Ham. Yeah. Kenny Miller. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just it's and against his former club as well, who tried to sign him back. It was just it was made for him that game, and I think he did, he just did really well to get in that position and sort of not prove some people wrong, but sort of. Like you said, I don't think the calls were disapp- were against him. I think you're right. It was a bit of the club questioning where the club's going. But for him to get a goal on his debut and sort of prove that from the off, uh, there's goals in him. And I think we're going to get the best out of him. I didn't know he could jump like that either. I didn't know he'd get in those sort of positions. Yeah, it was a great leap, wasn't it? It was really just instinctive as well. Just to get in front of the keeper, beat your man real quick with that little just yard of pace. It was quality finished, I think. Yeah. Again, another player that we I think we're going to be really excited by. Absolutely. And, and finally, before we move on to, um, we've got part two, which is looking at the stats and, and a debate around that. From both of you, who stood out for you and, and who's slightly disappointed, if anyone? Are we starting with Ben or, you, or me? Go on, Ben, you go first, mate. Um, I, well, Hoylet stood out, as I've said before. Um, Murphy disappointed me with his final ball, but... Um, overall, he played well. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. yeah. He's taking players on. He was he was looking sharp. Um, he needs shooting over the dive. I got to be honest. Although <laughs> I think he had been shot by a sniper that day, but um, <laughs> he he just needs that little bit of confidence to get in the byline. I mean, if you look at the Wigan um, game, he put a cracking cross in for Bogle, who stuck it away. It was Murphy put that in, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So he can do it. He just needs to do it more often. I think that's why Warnock got a little bit miffed with him last season. He wasn't doing that enough. Um, but other than that, uh, I thought, like, yeah, Smithy's had a good game, but I just wish we'd have a goalkeeper that can actually kick the ball. It would be brilliant as well. But other than that, I can't complain about anybody, really. Yeah, and what about you, Ben? 
Um, I think we saw the best, like, like I said, I think we saw the best Anwar Murphy in sort of, not just in one game, but sort of one passage of play. He beat his man, get through there, and trip over his own feet. It was, you can see why people get frustrated with him, but there's a quality player there. Um, Patterson didn't disappoint, but like I said, I think lacking the fitness, but made up for it for absolutely hammering the losing goalkeeper uh, <laughs> for the celebration. Already made, got himself a gift for the season. <laughs> so let him off for that. Um, yeah, I don't think there was anyone that was particularly terrible. I don't. Th- I don't think anyone was bad, to be honest. I think everyone was solid. Six and six, six point fives with a couple of people. I think Hoylet's given Warnock some to think about uh, through his performance. Um, the strikers look good, sharp. Glatzel led the line really well when he was on there. I don't think there's, like I said, I don't think there's anyone that can look and say, right, you really need a rocket up your ass to get going. No, absolutely. That, it, like I say, it's it, it's tough to pick. If I had to choose anyone, I'd probably, and it, this is extremely harsh, choose White just because he maybe started a bit slow. But you know, young yeah. lad, first game, but, you know, I thought he did well overall and definitely grew into it second half. And uh, the man who impressed the most for me is, was probably Pack. Um, just did yeah. far better yeah. than I thought he. You know, I knew he'd be a tidy player and do an effective job there, but. You know, he's so effective in, in breaking up, in, in distributing. And I thought, you know, he's going to be a really important player for us. And I'm excited to see what, what he can bring. Yeah. He spoke volumes at Warnock stuck pack straight back in, straight straight in the side. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think absolutely. I think it speaks volumes for him. He knew exactly what was missed in that midfield. And straight away, as soon as he got him, I, I think barring injuries, I think Pack and Rals, um, Morrison are probably the only two players, uh, three players, sorry, that are guaranteed as long as they're fit to hit all 46 games. And Pelts. Um, I, I, I think... He I, loves I, don't know if he, I, I know he loves Pelts, but I think Nelson, there's an opportunity there. I think he sees Nelson in the sort of manga right-back replacement sort of thing yeah. as well, should things get a bit scrappy in the middle of the season. Yeah, I think so. I think he'll probably, you know, give him time to, to bed in a bit. You know, once the season settled down a bit, he'll kind of start to introduce him into that role and, and kind of see how he does. I think, obviously, once Etheridge is back, he'll he'll go straight in goal. And I think Mendes Lang will, will come in for White. And, you know, I think that'll be our strongest eleven then for the, for the season, as it is. I'm, I'm not sure if Bamba will get back into the side over Flint. Yeah, that's the one bit. And the other player I thought, was one that's just popped to mind about disappointing a bit, was uh, Volks. Um, I just, like I said, I think that there's a good player there and he's better than what he's shown in that little cameo. I think he lost the ball a bit, just not quite, I don't know if he's quite up to speed with the team yet. He's not quite got the link up the other players have got together. Well, Warnock has think... spoke about that he's he's kind of not doing what he's good at and he's trying to impress too much, didn't he? And, and there was an element in that and he was trying to just be everywhere. Um, yeah. Yeah. Enough. Benny, what's your view on Vokes? I mean, we kind of saw him coming in Welsh International. We're really excited about him. And, you know, I, he's a perfect Warnock player in many ways. That long throw, you know, box to box, good good in the air. And I thought he'd be a really key player. And then all of a sudden with Pat coming in and Rawls. And it's hard to see where he becomes a, a consistent player in this side. I think he's going to be used a lot um, away from home, I think. Um, I th- whilst... Patterson will have those flick-ons. Um, obviously, we'll be using him as a kind of a second target man, really. Um, I think Volts will come in in the away games and just shore up that midfield and have a flat midfield three um, of Pack, Rolls and, and Volks. Um, I didn't think he played that badly when he came on. I think he, he played all right. It's difficult to make an impact when you're coming on that late anyway. But I think given time, 
I just hope it's not another Emma Hughes um, situation. I'd be really concerned if it was something like that. But um, I like him. I think he played well. You stand out performer for Rotherham last season, him and Semi-Ajayi, but which bizarrely has gone to... Where's he gone? Brentford. West Brom. West Brom, that's right. Um, but yeah, you know, the good players. Uh, he's a good player, sorry, folks, and I think he'll do all right for us. I really do. Give him a couple of months. Fingers crossed. Well, uh, we'll take a short break there and we'll, we'll come back in part two. We're talking about stats and the great possession debate. We hope you're enjoying the episode so far. We've got a quick favour to ask you. The only way we can grow and we can get more Cardiff City fans listening to the View from the Ninian podcast is if you tell people about it. And if you go and give us a rating and subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to us. So we'd really appreciate your support. And if you're, you can do that, enjoy the rest of the podcast. Well, we've, we've kind of dissected did Luton uh, that win a bit. But for anyone who didn't spot um, on, on View from the Ninian on the website in the week, Ben James uh, did a really good possession about Cardiff, a uh, really good article, sorry, about Cardiff City in possession. Do stats tell the full story? And Ben, I know you, you probably agree somewhat with, with me on this that Cardiff are never going to be a big possession side of Daniel Warnock. And, you know, we have many other strengths. I 100% agree. I think there's so much made and you see fans on Twitter seeing our past success rate or seeing our possession stats and hammering us like, oh, I can't believe you enjoyed this football. This, I think I love watching teams like Man City once every now and again. The whole thing of, oh, it's the right way to play football does my head in. I hate this idea that there's only one way to play football. And it's got to be the tiki-taka, play out from the back of the keeper's it gets a bit robotic, it gets a bit formulaic, it just gets boring. I like the idea there's teams like us, there's teams like Sheffield United last year going in and sort of disrupting it a bit. We can still play football. We still play some nice stuff. Like There's moments in the games that we've had so far where we've knocked the ball about, got it down and gone direct and really gone for it. And it's been some really exciting stuff that's got fans off their feet. But just because it's not 80% possession and playing out from the keeper from a goal kick... Uh, some fans, it just pundits as well, seem to write it off and seem to say, oh, it's not the right way. It's There's better ways to play. There's not. Cardiff got promoted from it two years ago. Yeah. Sheffield United got promoted from it last year. Teams have won leagues of it. You look at Leicester when they won the Premier League. I don't think there was many games where they dominated possession. No. They won the league by 10 points. It's something that's really, really just getting a bit... I love reading about the stats. Sort of One of the first things I look at, you get an idea of... And I'm guilty of it myself, is looking... Oh, how do the team play? First thing I'll do is look at the possessions, look at the shots. And you think you can get an idea of it, but really you can't. The only way you get an idea of the game is by watching it and understanding each team. If you go for it along the FIFA route of our uh, team with the most possession wins, normally wins, it's just not fun. Absolutely. And, and Benny, I think when Warnock, Neil Warnock is manager, it's always going to be tarnished with that brush from, from opposition fans. But what surprised me maybe was the amount of Cardiff fans who were, were showing their discontent or, or maybe a little worry about the, the style of football and you know I don't think we've ever particularly played brilliant football you know in all my 
lifetime as a, as a Cardiff fan, probably that Dave Jones side was the, the best kind of football playing side. So we're kind of used to playing what others would consider ugly football. Yeah, I, I agree completely with you, mate. Um, going back to Dave Jones, even that was direct. or Well, I call it direct. Other people call it route one. Like, it was always wingers, foot flat four four two. It it was all, you know, bread and butter football if you, if you like. But at the end of the day, it gets results. And just echoing what Ben said, I, I don't. I've never bought into this, you know, anti football and people, you know, the, the the football hipster with his bloody top knot turning around and saying, oh, he's not playing football the right way. Look, at the end of the day, uh, ball back of the net equals right way to play football. The, the whole idea of, of playing football is to win the game by scoring any mean, by any means necessary. And as far as I'm concerned, Carlos has never been um, uh, a popular football inside. It, it's always been the swans down the road. They've always had the pass inside. We've always had the direct wingers putting the cross in. For example, Brian Clark putting the back of the net going back. I don't remember that because I wasn't born, obviously. But that's... <laughs> My old man's always told me the same. We've always yeah. played like that. And I think the, the fans, you know, like the Cardiff City fans of new saying, oh, I wish we played better football. Well, it's not going to happen, unfortunately. And I, I won't go too much into, um, well, you can re- you can read Ben's article on, on the site for kind of a full breakdown. But, you know, he kind of breaks down the different types of, of passes and possession. And, and while Luton completed 467, uh, or sorry, Attempted 467 passes compared to Cardiff's 272. Actually, only you know a lot, a lot less. Sorry, were, were going into the attacking third, whereas you know a massive percentage of of Cardiff's uh, passes were going into the final third, 58% of them. Um, which kind of says it all in terms of you know you can keep possession around your defenders if you want, and actually Luton's um, their top five kind of pass combinations was were between their defenders, you know, four of them, I think, were or three of them were including their goalkeeper. So, I mean, you know, play play around the, the back all you want. But Cardiff, you know, were effective with their passing going forwards. You know, the combinations of, of Smithies to Patterson, of, of kind of the full-backs to each other and, and Pack and, and Rawls to, to the wingers and, and Patterson were were high and effective. So, Ben, who, who wants to play around with the ball at the back? I think it's exactly. It's like you said, um, We've never really been a football inside. We're not like those six-fingered people down the road who <laughs> sort of seem to demand 40 passes before they score a goal. We're not bothered how we score. We've never been... We've played some love. I think even now, I think you look, compare what we're doing now compared to even stuff from the Malky Mackay. It's a lot more on the ball. I think Malky was a lot more route one than what we play at times with Warnock. But again, even then, it was some nice football play, this sort of Burnley game. Um, so the promotion season sort of sticks out there for playing really good football. You, we can play, we choose when to play the really nice stuff. We look and exploit it when it's right. And I think that's much more fun. You get sort of there are fans that demand those forty passes before they score, and then if it gets broke down, they start back from the keeper and work their way up. There is something special about a keeper just l- launching it, flicking onto a striker's boot, and just finishing it off. There is something special about it. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> and Benny, I think one of the most important things to consider is perhaps the individuals. And you know, people may say that it's direct football, but that's what suits the team, and that's how Warnock has built the team and the individuals to suit that system. 
Absolutely, mate. Well, tradesman is only as good as his tools, and I don't think we've got the tools to do that in this division. I mean, you know, they're, they're good footballers, don't get me wrong, but if you turn around to Flint and Morrison tomorrow and start saying, I tell you what, boys, start playing it around the back, you know, see what we can do with it. It's not going to work. We're just, we, we're just not set up to do that. Ben just almost shivered at the thought of, at thought of that. Thought I know of Ben Turner and Flint, uh, Ben Turner, sorry, Sean Morrison <laughs> and Flint just sort of going short to collect it from Etheridge. It's giving, it's giving me, it's giving me nightmares, boys. It's yeah, it is. Well, yeah, I know, I know. It's um, something Etheridge, like trying, Etheridge yeah. trying to play his short, spooning it into the crowd, hitting a yeah. ball boy. Yeah, <laughs> just... which is which is what made me laugh when Liverpool were looking at him, apparently looking at him because you know we haven't seen him where he's like close up on his feet. We know he's like kicking long, crap. But when it comes to passing back to his keeper, back to fullbacks, whatever, we haven't seen it. Well, yeah, and we've talked about obviously Warnock building uh, the team around that, and you know this isn't a uh, a Ben James loving, but he he did tweet some stats as well about. Um, Kenza Hoare and and obviously the Glatzel and and Vassell and, and Patterson coming into the team look a better fit and and to suit this system better than than um, that than Zahor did and Zahor was taken off on the hour um, and in that hour he won one of four headed battles he only made four completed passes in attack and only had one shot on target and you know it's looking like eight million was was a really good a good price for Kenza Hoare. Oh, definitely. I think we've really done well to get the money we have. You've seen West Brom fans tweet that as soon as Austin's fit, then everyone sees a whore back in the side. Harsh, but I can understand the frustrations. We put up with it for two and a half years of absolute frustration of what he was doing after seeing him just tear the league apart. Um, it's my second favourite article from a Cardiff City perspective on Kenzo. If you card a message board, you'd know what the other one is. Um, <laughs> and Benny, your thoughts on Zahor? Like, like Ben said, uh, West Brom fans are looking like they they want they want to send him back already. Um, he can't. I've uh, I phoned uh, Westmid's police. They said he's uh, they're setting up roadblocks to keep him there. He's not coming back to Cardiff at all. Uh, <laughs> plus, I'll be uh, I'll be driving straight back to West Brom myself because genuinely great player most frustrating to watch even more frustrating than Jay Bothright I'm going to go I'm going to see that right now yeah. he, he was just like Bothright he always had it in him to change the game but so, so and Bothright did produce as well he did yeah, Bothright still got the goals he still got the he yeah. still played well Ken Absolutely. just you'd bang your head against a brick wall because you could see it was there and there'd just be flashes just little glimpses you think yeah oh, he's got his back He's back. We've got the old Ken <laughs> yeah. back. And then, and then he scored that oh, goal. He said, oh, I'm back. Oh, you. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah, that did wind me up a bit after, uh, yeah. after you know, so long of, of inconsistencies and not showing much and then to say that and then not do anything else. <laughs> so. yeah. yeah, I'm back. Drop next game. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've kind of touched there on, on the possessions of it and I would really urge anyone to go and um, check out Ben's article and like this Ben said, check out the, the message board for that, that thread on Zahor. It's um, like, <laughs> unlike anything else you you will have seen related to Cardiff City. But, um, it, it, can, it can only be on a Cardiff City message board. That. Uh, absolutely. It, can only be, it can only come from Cardiff fans. Absolutely. I thought Dirk Cout enrolling in his kids in Howells would be the, my favourite thing ever <laughs> on, uh, on a Cardiff message board. But, but this, wow. uh, this tops it. Perfect. Well, 
we coming up next i caught up with simeon who's the editor of the talhurst and a reddin blog and podcast and he gave us insight into reddin this season and what the bluebirds can expect Well, ahead Sunday's trip to Reading, we're getting the view from the opposition and we're joined this week by Simeon Pickup, the editor of the Talhurst End. Simeon, how are you? I'm very well, thanks. How are you? Yes, not too bad, thanks. Thank you very much for uh, for joining us. Um, quickly, Simeon, before before we kind of get into to Reading and, um, you know, your season so far and expectations, there's a bit of kind of... Uh, controversial I suppose from from Cardiff's kind of point of view with the kind of away allocation this year and it seemed particularly low for for away fans but I understand it, it, it's the case at Reading now that that the away allocations are, are slightly lower than you might expect. Yeah it's the standard now um, you go back a couple of years and it was the pretty much the entire south stand about 4,000 tickets that would be open to away fans um, particularly clubs like Cardiff that would usually sell that all out um, but um a couple of seasons ago, we started um, a new singing section in, in that end, and it was kind of like the only place we could fit it in. So half of that has gone to home fans, and the other half has gone to uh, to away fans, and that's just been a, a standard thing across the board. It's not um, specific to Cardiff. It's just like a new singing initiative um, for the stadium going forwards. Well, yeah, there's, so there's a lot of uh, unrest in Cardiff with a lot of fans <laughs> kind of missing out, and the club didn't help with their controversial allocation policy for this game but um but but moving on and looking last season um you finished kind of 20th last year in the championship and um I know the I don't know if you listen to it but I'm a big fan of the the not the top 20 podcast and in their prediction they they'd kind of earmarked um Reading to finish in a similar position this year which, which a lot of Reading fans were, were particularly upset by but what are the expectations and what are your views on going into this season? Um, I think it's hard to judge, really, um, just because there's so many different pieces going into this season. You go back to to last year, and there was a lot of problems in the first half of the campaign with um, some really poor recruitment, really um, really bad morale behind the scenes. Paul Clement wasn't doing much as the manager either. Um, changed things a lot in the second half of the season with um, Gomez coming in as manager, Nigel Howe as CEO. Um, and although they made some really good short-term improvements, some of those things have carried on into this season um, in terms of the general mood around the place. But in terms of the signings, we've basically had to go again. Um, a lot of very recent signings, only kind of in the last week or so of the transfer window, a lot of kind of unknown quantities there. Um, but generally, it's um, it's hard to get a feel on how much progress has been made overall because it's such a new team. Um, and I think the feeling generally is that it's going to take at least a couple of months to really work out how much progress we've made, if those players are really um, the real deal, if they're actually going to have an impact here or if they're going to flop. Because you go back a couple of years to um, summer of 2015, we had a very similar transfer window in that there were um, a number of high-profile, very talented loan players that came in and then flopped after a couple of months and we had a really good start but then just kind of collapsed in the second half of the season and the worry is that we're going to do that again basically um, but that being said the club in general is a lot healthier than it has been particularly with the relationship between the fans and the team 
um, the manager is very popular and the owners and the CEO are very popular as well. So good signs, but also some things to be a little bit apprehensive about. You mentioned Nigel Howley, the uh, the CEO, and I was actually sat next to him uh, a couple of years ago at the Football Supporters Federation uh, Awards. Uh, certainly a bit of a character, especially after after a couple of drinks. Um, <laughs> you mentioned the manager there, uh, Jose Manuel Gomez, Portuguese manager, um, Reading his thirteenth managerial club. He, he's been assistant at some some bigger teams like Porto and, and Malaga. I doubt many Cardiff fans would have, would have heard of him before or seen too much of him. What can you tell us about him, his style of play, and, and where did that appointment come from? This is his first job in, in the UK, and was it a left-field appointment for fans? It was very left-field, um, to be honest. there were, I think it was kind of a, a split um, mood in the fan base after Paul Clement went, whether we wanted to get someone who was um, kind of like a, a safe pair of hands, essentially, or seen that way, someone like Steve Bruce, or um, just someone very kind of... Um, not too adventurous in terms, in terms of style of play and things like that. But You know what you're getting. Exactly, yeah. Um, but in the end, we went for a very very left-field choice, as you say. A guy who's never managed in England before. He's only been in, um, I think Rio Ave was his most kind of high-profile club before coming to Reading, kind of about seventh in the Portuguese top tier, that kind of level. Previously been in Saudi Arabia, Hungary. Um, places like that so a very kind of an odd CV um, but in terms of him as a character he really fits the club he's a really positive dynamic guy really wants to engage with the with the fans really wants to play a positive style of football as well a very kind of coherent style of positive football which is pretty much the exact opposite of what we were getting under Paul Clement to be honest you know what you're getting with Jose Gomez it's something that really resonates with the fans in a good way and he's just completely refreshed the place to be honest from top to bottom whether it's on the pitch or, or behind the scenes he's done a really good job and we're just delighted to have him the annoying thing is though that his contract runs out at the end of the season so we've got to ideally make sure that he, he uh, renews sooner than rather than later and the season hasn't got off to, to the perfect start. Um, two losses from two, the 3-1 loss to Sheffield Wednesday at home and a 2-1 loss away to Hull. Are you worried by that or, or do you think the team will get, get on track soon? Uh, not too worried, no. Um, I think if you ask most fans, they'd agree that the club is very much a work in progress, particularly on the pitch where we've got a lot of new players, we've got a lot of um, a lot of changes to go through tactically. Um Although we know we're going to play some kind of possession football, very kind of positive, keeping the ball and trying to win games that way, we don't know the exact formation we're going to go for. We've jumped between a, a few different ones and obviously bringing new players in and trying different combinations. So it is going to take a while to properly settle on a on a formation, on a real um, formula in the team. And I'm, I'm frustrated by the first two games because we could have we could have got at least a point in each of them, I think, and did kind of let ourselves down on each occasion. But that being said, at this stage of the season, it's just about kind of bedding the new players in and really setting yourself well up for the for the rest of the season. So I'm not I'm not too worried now. And and two of those kind of new players were were kind of exciting signings for for Red and in George Puskas and and Lucas Zhao, who you know spent over 10 million for both of them, which is a decent amount of money for for Red. And how excited are you by them and and do you think they've got a role to play straight away? Yeah, very. Um, in terms of straight away, particularly Lu- Lucas Shaw, who um, 
has actually now scored twice this season, once against Reading at the Medeski on the opening day and then once for Reading on his debut the week later at Hull City. Um, with both of them, they're proven quality up front. I know uh, Zhao hasn't consistently hit the goals for Sheffield Wednesday, but you still are getting a reliable player at championship level. Then with George Puskas, on the other hand, different in that he's not played in England before. He's not proven in the same sense, but he's still got a good amount of experience under his belt. Certainly impressed at, at international level for Romania. And, he was really exciting at the the uh, under twenty one tournament this summer, wasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. And he he really showed that he's got that bit of quality, that real kind of that presence in the final third that you need from a striker, someone who can just make things happen, take the take the game by the scruff of the neck. And that's something we've badly missed in the last couple of years. So to have two strikers come in and really give us that boost of quality, particularly on permanent deals as well, because we were kind of. Um, worrying about maybe loaning in a youngster for the season but to go out and get two permanent I think really good strikers potentially over the course of the season it's a massive boost for the whole team and Simeon Cardiff fans and, and Wales fans obviously very fond of, of Chris Gunter what's going on there he doesn't seem to be the most popular man in Redden at the moment it, it's an odd one really it's a bit of a long story um, you kind of got to go back over the course of his career where he started um, well at Reading. I think he had a really good season in 2013-14 when we were back in the Championship. Um, but just over the next couple of years after that, he's just gradually gone downhill. It hasn't helped that he has largely been the only right back. So he hasn't had a lot of um, a lot of competition in that position. But even when Andy Yeardom came in as a bit of competition, he didn't really up his game in the same way. And there's a sense that he's just been on a slow decline for, for a number of years. Um, was a valued member of the squad last season. Um, versatility, leadership, character. He's probably the fittest player you're going to get in in the championship. Um, he's highly regarded in all of those ways, but his wages are too high. Unfortunately, as with number of other players and the club basically decided just to cut them out of the first team as they weren't in the in the manager's plans rather than have them kind of hanging about in training and um, dragging the mood down they'd cut them off make them train with the under 23s and give them a bit more focus and just push them off basically in in a bid to hopefully get them off the books and loan them out annoyingly he didn't get another club um, which I think would have been, he would have deserved, would have been very happy to see him get a club that is really going to appreciate him because he is a popular guy as a as a man, as a as a character, as a guy who's been at the club. But on the pitch, it's it's very clear that he just needs a new challenge. He needs somewhere else that he's going to play regularly and and be valued. Annoyingly, that's not at Reading, but even more annoyingly, he's essentially going to be held here while we can't get him off the books. Fair enough. And Simeon, before we let you go, what's your score prediction for Sunday's game? Um, tight one. I'm. I've got a. I've got a nagging feeling it's going to be two one to Cardiff. I'll take that. Yeah, I'll yeah, take it. <laughs> um, yeah. Warnock knows how to play against teams like this. We're still very much a, um, a work in progress, and I just think you've got the, um, the edge to win a game over ninety minutes that we don't quite have at the moment, but. Hopefully, by the time the the re, the um the next game comes up later in the season, we can give you a, a better game. 
Perfect. Well, Simeon, thanks so much for, uh, for joining us and providing insight into Reading. Yeah, cheers for having me. Well, boys, we heard from Simeon there from the Talhurst end, and, and thanks again to him for, for joining us. And Reading, you know, last time we were in the Championship, it was uh, a 2-2 draw and a 0-0 draw, so uh, only two points from sixth in those games. And But going into this one, you know, they've lost both of their opening games. And Ben, you definitely expect us to, to get three points on the road here, wouldn't you? It's the sort of game that I expect us to get three points <laughs> which always worries me to be honest with City, especially away from home. It's on Sky as well, and we either play like Brazil or like the Brazil B team after a night out on the sesh at Carnival. <laughs> it's just, it's one of two ways. Um, they're they're going to be desperate to get the win. They've spent some big money this this summer. You look at Puskas from uh, Inter and Lucas Xiao for, I think it's what, about five million. They've pulled Charlie Adam in as well from Stoke. They've put some serious, apart from Adam, they've got, he's got experience and they've got quality in there as well. I do wonder what the question was if Charlie Adam was the answer. Yeah, it's a strange one, but it's sort of replacing John O'Shea with Charlie Adam. <laughs> it's a strange, strange choice, but they're looking to get a bit of experience there because it's a young squad. My mate Josh is a uh, Reading fan and he said last year it was a young squad, inexperienced, and he was really expecting them to go down. They're trying to pull away from that. I think they're trying to get people in with a bit of an older head. That's why they kept John O'Shea around on the coaching sort of side, just to really sort of pull those boys together and a bit of experience, a bit of a calm head. Um, I don't know if there'll be relegation fodder this year. The early performances sort of suggest they will be. Uh, I think it was th- a 3-1 and a 4-1 loss. It's, um, it's a game we should be looking to win and winning comfortably, to be honest, especially after the boost of three points at home. But you never know a city. You just never know. You don't. But Benny, one of the things Simeon told us there was that um, Reading haven't got a settled side right now. You know, it's been a kind of period of transition for them, and they're kind of bringing in these new players, and it's kind of a new era. That's good for Cardiff, isn't it? You know, playing the sides in transition that you know are still learning their managers' tactics, systems, all that type of thing. You know, that'll suit us. It will. Um... I hate playing teams in transition, though, because they just seem to click when we play them. Um, or it's the same as when we get a new manager. It's always the same. We, we play them and we lose. But this is, this is a game I'd fully be expected to take by the scruff of the neck. We've got a good good record up in the Majeski. Um, and, you know, I, I think we can... It is the Majeski, isn't it? I'm not yeah. being dumb. Yeah, yeah. it was. Um, yeah, so I, I'd, I'd be fully expecting us to get three points there. Um, but just take that momentum from Luton, you know, hopefully the boys have had a bit more time to train together this week and just push on again. Um, one thing I will say about Redden, though, 20 million, it's about 20 million pounds they spent this summer. Yeah. Where'd that, where's that come from? I thought they were skinned. I, I, I mean, I know we overpaid for Bakuna, but... <laughs> I mean, yeah, um, I hope I, there wasn't too many add-ons for Bakuna that we didn't know about. Oh yeah, I know. Tell me about it. That's a lot of money they've made from us, otherwise. But no, I think it's it's a game that I, I think we should be looking to win on the road. I really do. Absolutely, and, and you mentioned there the, the money that they spent, and um, 
you know, I don't know too much of the ins and outs of, of Reading, but I think I'm right in saying that, you know, they, they didn't have a transfer ban, but the, the, the EFL kind of put them under a couple of, of restrictions and then they kind of lifted them. But, you know, I'm sure they said, you know, take it easy, don't spend too much money. And they've gone straight on and spent almost 20 million quid. You know, yeah. which goes into a wider discussion, doesn't it, about the EFL and, you know, a few of the issues with, with some of the clubs like kind of Bolton and Berry, which, you know, as Cardiff fans, we can we can relate some of the kind of financial issues that, that we've been under. Um, but but for Reading, you know, their manager, Portuguese manager, Jose Manuel Gomez, and um, Simeon was telling us there that he's been a popular choice, but, you know, kind of a real left left field appointment. And, and I didn't know too much about him before before chatting to, to Simeon. I don't know if, if either of you did. No, not a clue. I generally, until you said his name, I couldn't remember <laughs> for the life of me what he was actually called. Uh, that's not being disrespectful. I, I don't watch Portuguese football. It's just yeah. not my thing. Um, but I think there's sort of an unknown quantity this year. And like Benny said, we're just... If, you, if you're in transition and you're looking for three points over the years, not so much under Warnock, actually. I think it's sort of... That's one thing that Neil's really drilled out of us. But before then... If you needed three points and you were on a bad run, City were the team to play. Um, but it's just, like I said, the signings are just bizarre. You're pulling players. You're, the Football League just issued a warning to them, didn't they, saying that they were close to breaking FFP, but they were let off not getting a transfer embargo. And then you sign in players from Inter Milan. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just. It's bonkers. They're not even. They're, they're they're almost doing as bad as Derby by giving Rooney the thirty-two shit. It's sort of just flaunting the FFP. Just, just it's mental. It is absolutely mental. I'm not having a pop at them. Good if you can get away with it. Good on you. It's going to come back to bite you, and you're going to end up like Burry and Bolton at some stage. But good on you if you're going to try it. But it's just mental, and it's sort of. It seems like the sort of signings that are either going to work wonders or they're going to be disasters, and uh, they're going to be on loan out in Spain by January yeah absolutely and you know if like you said they, they're kind of risking the FFP and um, you know trying to push it and, and sadly that's something that too many championship clubs are, are doing in order to you know in the um, in the quest for the top flight they, they're spending beyond their means and you know a number of clubs have, have had to sell their stadium to, to private owners and you know the the loss financial losses in the championship are uh, you know, a really high at the moment, which Benny, to me, I, I don't know if you agree, you know, puts Cardiff's transfers, maybe not spending too much money, although we did spend money, but we obviously recouped a lot into perspective. And I'm actually quite glad that the club are thinking of the future and not, you know, overspending in, in the quest to return to the top flight. Um, yeah, I'd agree with that, mate. I think, um, I think I read an article, I can't remember who was why, um, saying that we spent the same amount as, um, Oh, I hate saying his name, Solskjaer, um, when when, they, when we came down. But it's less of a scattergun approach. It's more of a a bit more methodical approach. We know where we needed to strengthen, and that's where we've done it. Um, you know, I think it was important to replace the players that we have. But uh, I think um, I think Ben James said last week, you know, to sell Zahor and bring in uh, Glatzel for 5.5, you know, and then... Um, we've also got enough money in the bank then to bring in Vassell. Brilliant stuff. Um, I'm glad we're doing it the right way, but just imagine we spent 20 billion or however, you know, like Reading, where uh, the, the football would lose its mind. If you're a fashionable club, not fashionable, but not as hated as, Red, um, as Reading or Derby. 
I, um, don't, I don't think Reading have ever been called a fashionable club before, fair play. No, I, I, did, I, I said fashionable. <laughs> I, I, okay. Um, but no, I mean, what I'm trying to say is they're not as hated as we are. So like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? If it was, if it was us, there. the whole football would be losing their goddamn mind. So, you know, I, I think... I think we're doing it the right way. We're trying to go under the radar a little bit and sign these players from Bundesliga 2 and stuff like that. And people are going, oh, fair enough. They, you know, they, they live within their means. But, yeah, I think we're doing all right. Absolutely. And one of the things that Simeon told us when he was talking about the, the style of play that, that Reading like to play and uh, Gomez, and they like to play possession football and, and play the ball around the back. And I know we, we, we've spoken about the possession there a bit, Ben, but, you know, they will have more possession than Cardiff again, like Luton did, and like most most teams will this season. But you know we can hit them on the break, and that's where we're strongest. Yeah, definitely. I think we're we're team set up to counter counter attack. When we do with the players we've got, we've got pace that really puts defend really troubles to defenders. Um, I sort of see from sort of looking at the way Red sort of lined up the last few games, they sort of I think they're not going to be far off the same sort of standard as Luton. Um, but they potentially could now have someone that could get goals, but is improving in this league. That's the only difference between those two. I think quality-wise, the players, I don't think there's far between them. Um, I think if people want to see someone dominate possession, City this season aren't going to be the team for you. Perhaps when we get a new manager in, that might change a bit, but I don't think it's going to. Um, I think this team's set up to play counter-attack beautifully. Um, the balance is there, the players get out wide, you've got players that can carry it, not so much Peltier at the fullback, but Bennett can take the ball forward nicely. Um, again, like we said, the wingers, and we've got the midfield there to pick out the passes and sort of spread them out wide. We're there for the counter-attack. If they're sort of looking to pass it around and take it forward that way, I think it suits us nicely. We're going to press them high and take them from there. Absolutely. And uh, and Benny, we, we talked obviously about the, the team against, against Luton and any changes for you, or do you, do you stick to the same side? Uh, Hoyer in, uh, White, um, I think it's got to be. Um, I'd like to see Tomlin make the bench if he's recovered, recovered from his uh, gastric flu or whatever he had. Um, he could be a little bit of a change of pace from Patterson if Patterson's not being effective, because they might they might get wise to that. Um, but not too many changes, just hide it in. I think he's got to start. And I'd start him on the left and put Murphy on the right. Because right? Murphy was always cutting back on his right-hand side, so let him get down the right touchline and get to the byline, swing a few crosses in his right. But that's the only, that's the only change I'd make. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Uh, I've not kind of seen a, a, an injury update on Tomlin, but one thing I have quite liked is his... Um... He's changed to being a fashion blogger on Instagram. I'm not sure if you if you've seen, but keeps posting uh, outfit outfit uh, pictures and tagging men's fashion and men with street style, uh, which which wasn't a, a change I saw coming from Lee Tomlin this season. But but good on him if if he's got a life beyond football as a fashion influencer. Yeah, well, it wasn't big of a change as well when he got hacked earlier in the summer, was it? And <laughs> yeah. It was an even bigger change there. Yeah. Well, plus. I don't think Giacomo will be looking at hiring him anytime soon either. So, you know, not the shape he's in now, not yeah. at all. No, maybe if he lets himself go again, he might get those uh, those endorsements from Giacomo. Yeah, that's Patterson's gig all day long at the moment. <laughs> I think. And Ben, 
you know, looking at the red in red inside, who worries you? I mean, for me, it's maybe you know, Puskas is is a bit of an unknown still, although he did really well in the uh, was it the under twenty one tournament this summer. But Lucas Jow, he's coming from Sheffield Wednesday, big big striker, but you know, it'll be an interesting battle between him and uh, Sean Morrison and Aidan Flint. Yeah, I think they've gone. To be honest, I think it's sort of if he plays, sort of set up for Morrison and Flint just to deal with. I think big lumps against each other. I think Morrison and Flint tend to come off to come out well of those. They like it's the ball in the front nippier, of them, don't they? Yeah, it's the nippier, pacier ones that are going to get in behind it that could cause the most bother. Um, there's not, without being disrespectful, they're not. There's not a huge much that worries me. Collectively, it seems like. There's going to take some individual brilliance or something for something to come from them. I think they've scored two goals in two games um, in the league. They weren't the best goals either. It's sort of yeah. There's no one. There's no one that sticks out for massive quality other than their new signings. I think they've bought. If they come off, I think they've bought well. But there's no one there massively that um, worries me. Uh, and boys, your score prediction for this game. We'll, we'll go with you first, Benny. Um. I look at it. I could. I think we'll tonk them. I think we're going to score three goals, three nil. What about you, Ben? I'm going to go three one. I think, um, yeah, they're, they're conceding goals, seven goals in two games already. Uh, conceded again on Tuesday or Wednesday in the League Cup as well. They're they're conceding, they're conceding goals. We've got hopefully we we'll see a couple of new lads get another couple of goals. Um, yeah, I'm going to go three one. Yeah, I, I agree particularly with you, Ben. That we'll we'll kind of. Top them, I think, was what you said. But, you know, they are conceding goals. They're at side in transition. And I think that win against Luton for us will really just settle any any nerves or any inconsistencies. And, and I think we'll we'll see Cardiff back to their best against Reading. And, and I go for a 4-1 win for, for Ooh, me. Big one. Big one, yeah. Mm. Well, you've got to go big, haven't you? Go big or go home. Exactly. And, and obviously, again, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll preview in this part as well because... Uh, Championship, one of the best things, or, or maybe worse, if uh, for the players with with lots of games, is that there are those kind of Saturday and then midweek games, and we've got our first one of the season on Wednesday, uh, Wednesday the twenty first. It's a a quarter to eight kick off against Huddersfield, another game that that's on Sky, and Ben, you have the other relegated side along with Fulham from the the Premiership last year, and it's not looking great for them, is it? Uh, no wins from their first two games, still no win from since April for them, and. It's not looking good. I think they're just struggling for their identity at the moment, aren't they? They've got a new manager come in. Uh, they've lost possibly their talisman in Aaron Moy. Um, yeah, there's just they just seem to be in a bit of identity crisis. They're still trying to work out what, not so much this season, but where they go long term. Are they looking to get back up straight away? The money they spent, um, is it Mbizna, uh, 11.11 million. Um, it's a decent, it could be a decent signing. Fraser Campbell, on a free, we'll get goals in championship. Did well in a whole side last year that weren't spectacular, weren't terrible, but weren't spectacular. Um, they've got they're sort of mixing the, again another team that's looking to bring in some solid championship players. But I think they're really lacking identity at the moment. And I think until they get that first win under their belts, which hopefully isn't going to be Saturday or Saturday or uh, Wednesday, they're going to really start to struggle, and the pressure is going to build on their new manager quite quickly. Yeah, you mentioned Aaron Moy going out there, but but Philip Billing as well has obviously gone to to Bournemouth, and they've oh, of course know, forgot about him. Yeah, yeah mm. so they've lost lost to some good players in midfield. Obviously, Jonathan Hogg's still there in, in midfield, and 
you know, had a few interesting games against Cardiff last year, uh, and he was sent off, wasn't he, in the uh, the first game during the season. Um, Benny, though, last year, you know, both were were particularly uninspiring games, and and hardly the most entertaining games in in the Premiership season. Two nil nil draws, um, but you know, you'd expect again, especially if Cardiff can beat Reading, that they can get back to winning ways and. You know, it, in 2017-18 in the championship season, you know, we recorded a 3-2 and a 3-0 win against them. So, you know, we've got a good record against Huddersfield. Yeah, we have got a good record against Huddersfield. I think um, last season was bitterly disappointing, especially at home. We were, I think, to, for me, that was stood out as the worst performance under Neil Wardock. We were dreadful. Um, and, you know, they have lost the heart of the midfield. We got, they, they've lost Berlin, they've lost... Um, uh, What's his name? John Joe Jr. Um, Moy. Um, <laughs> John Joe Jr. And uh, you know he's that. That's a big loss for them. the most creative player, Aaron Moy. He's brilliant, great player. Got a lot of time for him. Um, but I, I still think they're very dangerous, uh, especially on the counter attack. They've got those. You know, they've got some good players there still. Um, and Fraser Campbell signing for him. That one. Under the radar for me until I read it earlier. Um, I, I, I think it might have passed him by a little bit now, um, but he's still scoring goals last season, from what I can recall. So um, it's going to be a tough one, and Huddersfield, yeah, definitely. I'm not sure if I answered your question. Did I answer your question? I think, I think I did. So. It'll do. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, Jan Stewart, the the manager, not been doing uh, not particularly popular. I don't think as as Huddersfield uh, with Huddersfield fans, and and they've got a really young goalkeeper uh, on loan from Liverpool, I think, and Grabara, I think you say it maybe. Um, you know, coming against a Neil Warnock side that that likes to put balls on top of the goalkeeper could be a, a bit of a baptism of fire for him. Yeah, definitely. I think um, any keeper that's that age. The last he wants a big towering striker coming at you. City have got that. You got Flint and Morrison coming at you from set pieces. It's not gonna be a nice. It's not gonna be a nice experience for the poor lad. He's gonna learn. He's gonna have to learn very quickly. Um, I agree, Benny. I think that there's some, still some decent players there. It's not a bad side at all. They've spent a fair bit of money in the Premier League. Um, they've lost some of the most the better players, but they're not gonna be. They're still not out of the run of the playoffs. I still think they're gonna be there or thereabouts at the end of the season. It's a big game. Um, picking up a even a point against them would be a decent result long term um, if they've still not won then possibly you can argue we should be looking at three but I think they're going to come good at some stage um, they've got too many decent players to not sort of be in and around the playoff challenge and Benny you know that kind of championship schedule of you know a weekend and midweek games means that you know you do have to rotate the squad and and do you think we'll see that here in maybe the likes of, of Volks coming in and um, you know White or, or whoever hasn't started on Saturday on the wing might come in? Yeah, I think so. Um, you, you've got to rotate it. Obviously, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. I love it. I, it's to, to me, it's it's what the Premier League should be. But there we are. But um, it, you've got to rotate, and I think that's why the division is so difficult to get out of because it's just a grind. I know it's a cliche, but it is, and you've got to start rotating. I think it's made for Volks this game um, against Huddersfield. I think he could come in, give Patterson a bit of a rest, and play a flat three, and just rely on the wingers to create um, create the chances for us. Um, that's how I set up. But and you know, but I think Warnock, he, he knows what he's going to be doing going up going up there to Huddersfield. I think. 
he, he'll be prepared for what that challenge brings and I think he's going to um, pick the side accordingly against every game really but um, Huddersfield is going to be a tough test regardless of them losing Billing and Moy but um, yeah I'm, I'm, I think it's a good thing that we could be rotating players it's, I think it's our first big game of the season it's the first real challenge to say yeah. are this team going to be a team that's looking for automatics are they going to be in the playoffs or are they are we going to be in the mid um, the mid table mix i think that's where this sort of this is the sort of game where we'll get a clear understanding if we're dominated by Huddersfield and they go on to win it comfortably then we'll sort of le- we'll learn a lot more than if we scraped than the scrappy result against Luton or if it's a scrappy game against Wigan this is the game where we'll learn more, most about where we are as a team yeah, absolutely. This is where you kind of set your stall out as uh, as promotion contenders in it in these type of games. Yeah, definitely. And, mm. and Benny, looking at you, kind of, what are the the key battles do you think in this game? And for me, looking at um, Jonathan Hogg, who will play kind of there, kind of holding midfielder, coming up against Patterson in that number ten. Presuming he, you know, whether he plays in this game or the red one, I think he'll probably probably come out of, of one of them. But across the pitch, where do you think the the match will be won? Um, it's going to be that midfield battle. I think uh, if Hogg doesn't lose his rag again, like like with Arthur, but I can't see Patterson going down um, as easily as Arthur <laughs> did last season. Um, but uh, I, yeah, I think that was going to be a key battle. I I quite like Jonathan Hogg. He, if he was playing on on Cardiff City squad, we'd love him. Um, just like yeah. like Park and anybody like that, and Arthur, you know. So um, he's that dog in midfield. He's tough tackling, and I think. That could be where it's won and lost, to be fair. Um, if their full-backs um, can't cope with Murphy, um, it's the first couple of take-ons. If Murphy gets them, that's it. He's in his pocket. The full-back's in his pocket all day long. Um, yeah, we saw that it. last year, didn't we, in the Premiership yeah. a few times where early on he kind of got in their head and beat them and then they were shot on quite a few. I think there was about four or five right-backs that got withdrawn at half-time. It was Newcastle was one that I remember quite well. I can't yeah. remember who the fullback was, but Kia, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, just skinned him, a time after time after time. Same with uh, Fulham. Was it Callum Chambers with the other one loan? No, uh, who was it? He yeah. was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chambers. Was, yeah. Bournemouth yeah. with yeah, Daniel Klein as well. as well. Yeah, yeah, Klein um, as well at Bournemouth. Yeah, so if if Murphy can get off to a good start like that, brilliant. Um, I think it's the full-backs that are going to suffer that day. It's the same with Redden as well. Full-backs are going to be massively pinned under pressure. That's that's where that's where our strengths are, I think. Well, boys, we're, we're running out of time slightly, so I want to get your score predictions quickly before uh, we go on. We've got two reader question, uh, listener questions, sorry, so we'll, we'll get to them. But, Ben, your score prediction first for this one? I'm, I'm going to be a bit pessimistic with this. I'm going to go for a one-all draw. Ben... Come on, positive. Benny, what about you? Um, I was going to go with a one-one, um, but I, <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll, I'll go. I'll go with a Desmond two-two. Yeah, well, I'm going to go for a one-nil. I'm going to be positive. Someone's got to. <laughs> but we have got two very quick listener questions. The first one uh, is from Ryan Daniel, and he's asking, and Ben, we'll come to you first on this one. What's more sickening, seeing your missus crack on with another guy? Or seeing Camarasa wearing a palace top. Oh, it's a tough. It's not a tough one. Camarasa every day. Um, I feel like as, as an engaged just, man, you should say you misses with another man. 
she's out of the house and she's never going to listen to this, so I am <laughs> safe. So, um, yeah, just seeing Kamarasa, that smile in that palace top, it just doesn't look right. And on one hand, you're like, come back, but then you want to see him do well. It's just, I love that man. I just love him. <laughs> I've, ne- I've not taken to a player just as a warm, sort of bubbly personality in a while like that. There is something about him that he just seems like a lovely, lovely bloke. Yeah, same for you, Benny. Um, no, I, I, my Doris on this occasion, because she's downstairs for one. And the other <laughs> thing is, um, if it's the wrong player, if you ask me about Peter Whittingham, I'd, I'd say Peter Whittingham. But <laughs> I loved him, great player. But for me, um, no, it's it only one one player who my heart belongs to was Peter Whittingham. Very, very loyal there. Uh, the final question is from Jack Carter, and I'll go first on this one just because I want to give you both a little bit of time to think about it because it's uh, one that requires a bit of thought. So Jack asks, if you had to have the legs, torso, head and hair of four different City players, who would they be? So I'll give you a moment to talk to think about this because I've already got mine. I'm going to go for hair of, Leith- of Neil Etheridge. Sorry, I just think... He gets it done so often, it's always looking pristine. But I'm going to go pre-blonde highlights. I prefer the dark on yeah. him. Face, I'm going to go Sean Morrison. I just think he's he's a cracking-looking lad, if I'm honest with you. Legs, just so I can have that bum, I'm going for Callum Patterson. And torso, I'm going for Isaac Vassell, because did you see those biceps in his Ayatollah picture? They, they <laughs> were impressive. So I think I think that's a pretty pretty good combination. Ben, I'm coming to you first on this. Or I'm going to go head and hair. I'm going Joe Bennett because that is maintained perfection. Those teeth weren't cheap. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Bennett gets those. Body-wise, um, I'm thinking Joe Day. It's cuddly but strong. <laughs> I think there's a good, there's, yeah, you've got to be good at cutching. And Joe Day looks like he's good at cutching. Uh, legs. I'm going Mendes because, I mean, Mendes has got legs. It would have been uh, Kadeem Harris if he was still at the club. Because yeah. those things were like tree trunks. But uh, since then, yeah, I'm going to go Mendes. Pacey, strong calves, strong thighs, Mendes. Perfect. And, and Benny, to, to cap off your view from the Ninian debut, who's your uh, your combination? Good God. Um, I think... You'll never come back again after after asking this question. <laughs> oh, God. So, well, I want silver here too. Kevin McNaughton for the hair. Um, and then... Uh, are we going for any player or are we just doing this squad? Go for well, this squad because otherwise it squad. would just be Whittingham, 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 <laughs> wouldn't it? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, this squad, I'd say. Um, you could go Patterson with his silver hair. Yeah, Pat. Uh, yeah, Patterson's hair. Quite, quite like that. Eldest um, young player of all time. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I'd say um, the legs of... Yeah, I've got a sizable uh, rear on me, so I'd have to be Patterson again there as well, I think. Um, we're a bit mixed up here at the moment, but um, quite. we've got a couple of good sleeves, um, tattoo sleeves in the club, so I think we'd have to go with someone like Morrison with the torso. Flint's got good. a few as well, I noticed. Uh, impressive yeah. tattoos, yeah. Yeah, um, and the face of... Ooh, I don't know. Etheridge, just so I could have just many Instagram followers as him, to be fair. So, <laughs> uh, well, there yeah. we are. 
Yeah, journalism is its finest. This I think we'll we'll, we'll win podcast awards I, I for this. It's safe to say we definitely dig deep on the deep conversations. Yeah, there we are. <laughs> well, boys, we'll we'll, we'll, <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll leave it there, boys. Thanks, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, where can people find you on Twitter if they want to discuss your your Cardiff City player choices? Ben, where are you first? Uh, at the Ben Price on everything really: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, link, even LinkedIn. If you're on there, connect to me. Tinder, everything. No, nah, not Tinder. <laughs> not, not again, not again. Benny, what about you? Um, at Benny Factor on Twitter. Um, and then uh, Facebook uh, is oh, How Will Benny Bennett, I think. Yeah. Um, Tinder, no, I'd swipe back. <laughs> Perfect. Well, both, thank you very much. Uh, hopefully, everyone has enjoyed listening to that. And hopefully, Six points from the next six in against Reading and Huddersfield, and catch next week. Cheers, Cheers boys. Thank you for listening to the View from the Ninian. Hope you enjoyed that bumper podcast covering everything from Luton to Reading, possession stats, uh, and Huddersfield as well. We'll be back next week as we look back at both the Reading and the Huddersfield games, and do the preview of Cardiff City's next game. Please do, like we said, subscribe, give us a rating and all that and tell your friends and, and we really want to grow the podcast and uh, you know supplement it with the great stuff on the site. So subscribe, give us a rating and uh, you can catch us on Twitter, of course, at VFTNinian. Uh, we're also on Instagram and uh, Facebook as well at the same handle. So check us out, follow us, say hello and let us know what you think. So thank you very much and thank you for listening.